my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, I'm actually dying to get into this one because I'm sure there is more than one listener out there who's listened to you absolutely destroy some of their childhood memories. And uh, I've got a feeling some of them might be wanting to get get their own back a bit this week. So what are we going to review this week? Before we get into that, Dave, let me just say, if anybody disagrees with me on this, then no, I'm joking. Um, We are going to be reviewing, Dave, the 1987 movie starring Danny Glover and Mel Gibson, Lethal Weapon. Now, Lethal Weapon was released in cinemas in 1987. It was directed by Richard Donner of Superman fame there and plenty of other things as well, well, of course. It was written by Shane Black and starred Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. And it also has that joy, that privilege of being in that non-exclusive club of being Chris's favourite movie ever. Now, Chris, what can you tell me about when you first watched this? Well, Dave, this could be a long story, everyone, so get yourselves a brew, pull up a chair. It all goes back to around about 1988. So my dad, basically, I've mentioned it before on this show, that my dad was the sort of the, the rating body in our house, whether we could actually watch anything that wasn't a PG sort of thing, because obviously it wasn't even 12s at that point. It was a UPG 15 and 18. Now, at the time, I was 10 years old, 1988. I remember specifically coming in and my dad was watching this and it was at the point where they were in the desert and he was like, no, you can't watch it. So we, I mean, mum was there. My mum, was, I mean, my mum and dad are not at all strict, Dave, at all. They never were then like that. But it was one of them where my dad sort of looked at me and I'm thinking, oh, God, it must be good. This not allowed to watch it. What is it? And I picked the case up and it was like, you know, it's an 18. And then we left it. And then my dad was, I remember my dad saying to me, right, I'm going to let you watch it. And I think my mum wasn't that bothered. My mum was like, it's an 18. My dad's like, you know, what? So we ended up watching. I think my brother watched it and he was even younger than me. He was about eight and a half then, I think nine. My brother Adam. And in love with the film, Dave. I think it was my first ever 18 movie that I watched. And then. Consequently, as well, it came out on video, and that year, 1988, my dad bought me for my birthday. So it would have been my tenth birthday. So I was like, I was probably nine at the time when it came out. He bought me Lethal Weapon and Beverly Hills Cop One. Now, I'd never seen Beverly Hills Cop One, Dave. My dad had and loved it, and I think he actually bought them for himself, but used to sort of shoehorn it in because there was loads of us. I think there was five kids at the time, and I'm the oldest of nine. So obviously, money was tight. So I think it was more one of these things. Well. I know they're going to watch it, so I'm going to bite them. And I love it, Dave. I genuinely think I've probably watched it as much as I watched Back to the Future. And I, I, I genuinely think probably it's more of an important movie for my family and myself than 
pretty much everything. I know I've, I've come out with radical, random statements, and you are correct. I'll say, like, this is the greatest film I've ever seen or whatever, but Lethal Weapon is without doubt in my top five, Dave, with, without a doubt. And there's so many pop culture references within my family that probably a lot of people won't even know that we still, and I say it all the time about certain films, though, there's still things we say to each other out of movies. And there's loads in Lethal Weapon because that film was on, on a loop constantly in my house, constantly, Dave. Yeah, I mean, his- it is an 18 in the UK, isn't it? I'm not sure. I guess it's an R in the in the US. But yeah, I mean, I think it must have been about 88, 89 for me as well, because it, was, it wasn't at the cinemas, obviously. I uh, couldn't sneak in there that young. But uh, it was when it came back on the video with my mum and dad. And I, I suspect they'd probably ask someone that might be doing them a, a service there. <laughs> <laughs> just to check that it, it would be moderately okay because you know you'd come through you'd watched all or I'd, I'd watched like the first bloods and stuff the commandos so th- there was no shirking at, at the violence stuff and so I, I remember watching this one and and it was so different to everything that I'd I'd sort of been brought up on you know you'd been brought up on like the Stallone movies and and the Arnie movies that was an action hero for me whereas you know you got to and and let's face it I know it's Danny Glover and Mel Gibson but I do think for me personally you know Mel Gibson was the standout you know he was the uh, person who you kind of looked up to as that action hero in this and I must admit unlike yourself I've not watched this uh, probably I would say since the early 90s. I've not watched this at all. So I had a a kind of hazy memory of really enjoying it, but we know how that goes sometimes. And uh, so I was a little bit nervous to come back and watch this one and and just really figure, you know, does this stand up to what I originally remember it to be? No, it's good. It's, It's interesting, Dave. You're right, because, you know, Plenty of the stuff we review on the, our other podcast, The Comics in Motion, you've seen a lot of, and I haven't on the, some of the things. So it, it's interesting to see it all these years later. Especially as, for me personally, it's one of my favourite films. So I just, I'm quite interested to see what you say because don't get me wrong, guys, when we get into the review, there is a few things with the movie that even to this day I can still take the piss out of, Dave. You know, whether I hold it highest, even there's still some daft bits that still make me laugh or like contextually wise are a bit daft or continuity wise don't really make sense. But as a whole film, it's one of my favourites. So uh, should we get into our trailer, Dave? Yep, let's go. He's a criminal's worst nightmare. A cop who enjoys the danger. No guns, no jujitsu, just bring him down. They really want to jump. Well, then that's fine with me. Come on. Wait, what do you mean? Wait a minute. What the... He was ready to retire. Now, he's gonna wish he had. Gun! Raj, meet your new partner. New partner? If these guys can just stand each other. What you got in there? Boy and Smith? A lot of old timers carry those. The bad guys don't stand a chance. Don't kill anybody. Don't kill anybody. I'm too old for this. Are you as good as you say you are? Nobody can touch me. Suppose we better register you as a lethal weapon. You ever met anybody you didn't kill? 
haven't killed you yet. Now we start off, there's a very sexy young little lady there. She's obviously uh, dousing her nose with a bit of powder. <laughs> she's quite, she's high as a kite, uh, not in a Mary Poppins way. And she takes a dive right off, very artistically, off a skyscraper and into a car. Now we get introduced to Danny Glover's character, Roger Murtar, and apparently in Roger's house it is completely okay for on your birthday for everyone to just pile into the bathroom while you're, <laughs> while you're having a bath and uh I, I thought his name was myrtle at the first I, I thought maybe myrtle's turtle was floating to the top of the water there he didn't seem to have too many bubbles i must admit so <laughs> i did think that was a little bit odd i'd be like get out but anyway and we also get introduced to martin riggs don't we so we can see very clearly he's a very troubled individual and uh, he's gonna be uh, roger's new partner now chris I'm, I'm assuming this is fairly recently that you've re-watched this but re-watching it with a critical eye now what are you what are you making to this opening to the movie I've got my rose tinted glasses on, Dave, because it's <laughs> fantastic. We do get Amanda Hunsaker, obviously, like you say, diving off the building. Roger's birthday, he has a beard, and like you say, it is a bit weird that uh, Rihanna's daughter's saying to him, you know, about, about the beard and stuff, and 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 it's very straight. <laughs> I do agree, Dave, and I must admit, I've never even thought about this scene until you've just said it, you bastard. So that that's uh, they're not yeah. kids, are they? They're not no, like no. toddlers or anything. It's like there's not that many bubbles there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Roger's slung there in the in the mafia. It's not. It's not. A, it's, I, I agree. It's a bit bizarre, but I've never noticed that before. So thanks again, Dave, for reading that. But um, no, I mean, I love the introduction. More where that came from? Well, I'm sure there is. Yeah, because the introduction to Riggs is quite good. So obviously he's got fuck all on. He goes for a piss, and he's there with his cig in his mouth, his bottle of beer in his hand, his dog's there. He's living in this trailer by the sea, and and you can just see there's just something not right about and there's a complete edge to it and i think as well from this scene you get this bit and i absolutely love this next scene davies where riggs is doing the drugs bust and he's doing this um the three guys are together aren't they so rod sorry roger goes to the, the murder originally uh, amanda huntsacker's sort of murder scene talking to a few people he sees this hawker named dixie you know he says all dressed up and no one to blow and she's absolutely cane isn't she <laughs> And uh, <laughs> that was a great line, like you twat. <laughs> she's, going, she's going, you're hilarious, you're hilarious, you know what I mean? But then we get introduced to Riggs, and this scene for me, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. So he's doing the deal, there's all this cocaine there. And I must admit, as a kid, Dave, when he first pulled that hundred with money out, and they went, 100 and we even throw in a tree and he's like oh great right and he gets his wallet out so that's counting yeah. it as a kid i'm thinking that's a pretty good deal that you know like as you get older and they're like hey man what are you doing what are you doing because he's on this christmas tree lot in here and it's like a, and the guy goes 100,000 100,000 and then he does the whole free stooges skit doesn't he you know he goes you yeah. see crazy and he does the old eye poke and everything and i love that line dave i'm sorry but this review and everyone listening he's going to be me reciting this the, the bits of his film but when he says to him he gives him the cop badge and he slides down the coke and he goes hey hey he goes 
that ain't, he goes, you're not a cop and that ain't real. And then he goes, that he goes, that's a real badge. I'm a real cop and this is a real fucking gun. And you can hear yeah. his Australian accent come out then. <laughs> but I love that bit. And this is where you get the whole Riggs psycho moment and he just takes out all of them, doesn't he? I absolutely love this bit. I mean, what do you think, Dave? Because I know it, it may be watching it now a bit, I mean, it is far-fetched, but he's just a loose cannon. You can't mess with Riggs, Dave. It is good. I mean, I, I couldn't remember it that clearly. But when he's counting out the dollars, I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> That's not the hundred that he's thinking. So, um, yeah, it was pretty obvious, that one. So, I, I, But like you say, when you're a kid watching it, you'd, I didn't pick up on that at all. But I absolutely did remember the old Three Stooges, you know. The whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when he, he does it, again, it, it is a bit far-fetched. I mean... All three of them just stand there while, you know, he slaps one, pokes the other in the eye. and <laughs> <laughs> After he slapped the first one, he'd have been dropped, I think, by the, by the time he got to the second one. So I thought he was okay. You know, I did like, again, we'd never seen it at the time, I don't think. You, you couldn't imagine Arnie doing something like that, could you? No. But um, I, I, there's one bit that I didn't like, to be honest. He's laying down on the floor, shooting, and then he just does like a little roly-poly kind of thing. <laughs> don't you dare, Dave. Don't I know, you it's dare. like, I don't care how good a marksman, there is no way you can accurately shoot while you're, while you're rolling along the ground like that. <laughs> it's just like, again, I, I can't imagine you see that in many movies now because it's just... It's just nonsense, really, isn't it, Chris? Come on, you've got to agree with me with that. Dave, we are going to fall out, I'm telling you. <laughs> you were reviewing this just to fucking ruin my movie. Um, no, I've, I've always bought it as he's trying to make himself a harder target to hit, Dave, because if he's on the floor, he, he, he moves like that. And obviously, Dave, you've got to realise... He's one of the best in the world, Dave. Top 10 marksman in the world. He's, he's going to have different skill set than most you, people. <laughs> you can be a good marksman, and, and we'll get onto that, I'm sure, a bit later. But just doing the rolling across the ground, I, I thought that just looked a bit silly, to be honest. <laughs> you can get fucked, Dave, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet, I bet Scott sat at home in his Indiana Jones outfit going, Yes! That's how it feels. He's got to put his quill on, going, there you are, Chris, you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott. I'm sorry. Um, no, but... <laughs> but no, oh, I found... I've got right, to put I'm, it out there. We're going to have to move quickly on from that, Dave. Yep. We're going to have to move quickly on. So, <laughs> so the next bit, we do get this thing with Riggs where it's raining. He's in his trailer again. Some kids go past on a bike and he's watching uh, Merry Christmas comes on Bugs Bunny, don't he? I always remember it. Merry mm. Christmas. And he's got the bullet that he has a special bullet and he's yeah. he's basically trying to kill himself, isn't he? And he, he bottles it and he's like saying to his wife, they're looking at, you know, uh, you know, we'll see you later, much later. And then it comes to Roger and they're in the station, aren't they? And they're all talking like, you're going to get a new partner. And they're all like looking at him and he's like, you're going to get a new partner. And there's Riggs. Looking not like a cop, really, is he? He's just like he looks like a trucker or a, a farm hand, doesn't he? He's got the cap yep. on, he's, he's dishevelled, and he pulls the gun, and Roger goes, and then he does the old gag, doesn't he? And he's like, "Roger, meet your new partner." Does the old uh, judo throw on him and all that stuff, Dave? Yep. But 
There's a bit now, I am going to criticise it, Dave. Oh, no, wait. So, but go on, you go can't on. I, I was waiting for the impression then, because that's where you get the immortal lines, don't you? It's like, oh, I'm too, too old, old for this, for this shit. shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that was good. That was no, good. No, it is. Well, there's a few bits with Mel Gibson in this movie that I will pick pull, pull up on, Dave, because they are stuff that we always take the mick of in my family, so I can't be... Uh, a complete hypocrite. But when when he's done that bit and Roger and him are walking through the actual car lot and they're talking about, and he's saying to him, like, you're trying to draw a psycho pension, aren't they? Because that's the big pre- pretense. He's had this uh, yeah. psychologist come to him and say, he's, you know, we think he's trying to draw a psycho pension. You know, he's not crazy. He's just doing it to get out the force because he'll get pensioned off. And when they're walking through, he's saying to him, like, you've got, you know, you've got a death sort of that. And he pulls the guns out and he's looking at Riggs. He's got a precise bit of kit and he's taking the piss out of Roger saying, you've got a, uh, you've got a lot of old timers have your gun. Yeah. And all that, you know, <laughs> six, six shooters. Six yep. shooter. But when they get in the car, they're talking and he's like, uh, he says something about, uh, sort about God. And, and, and Riggs says in the campest voice ever with a, the cigarette coming out of his neck, he just goes, oh, Hating um, back, it, it works for me, and I'm like, oh no, this is just. There's going to be so much. There's just so many little bits, but this leads on to one of the classic movies, Dave. And this again, this is a Phelps. You know, this is a Phelps uh, bit of dialogue in this where the guy's going to jump off the side of the building, and. Uh, by God, he gets the award for the biggest overacting, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make much sense, does it? I mean, they've, they're actually, they're not even should be involved in that because they're homicide, so they should be there after the murder. Oh, it's not even a murder, is it? He's a jumper. But we do get the old classic, Dave, where it's like the vehicle number comes up, which is in all the Lethal Weapons, Free William and 56. That, that's their handle all the way through the Lethal Weapon films. And... Uh, that guy, I agree, the guy on the side, it makes no sense why Riggs is up there at all and he's talking to him, but the line, Dave, gets me every time. That guy's like, um, Riggs is saying to him, my boss is down there and he's going, uh, the guy's going, no, fuck you, I'm jumping. And that, this line, Dave, I'm going to do it in his voice. I'm sorry for the impression, but again, this is what we always <laughs> take the piss off. And he goes, do you want to jump? Do you want to? Well, that's fine by me. I'm going. And they jump off. Well, obviously that guy must have saw that they were putting up uh, a blow-up thing <laughs> underneath. Thing. It yeah. like, it's just, I'll keep him distracted. Meanwhile, you know, I mean, if you put up bouncy castles or something, you, you can hear these things from a mile away. <laughs> it's yeah. like, don't mind us, you know. It's just bizarre. And, but again, there's a bit in this. So when this happens, Roger's going mental and he slams the door. He gets rigs in this cafe and they're talking away. And he, and he, this is when he pulls the the gun on him, doesn't he? He says, "I've got, I've got a bullet. I've got, I've even got a gun that'll take, you know, take the back of my head off." Because he's saying to him, "Like you are crazy." And Dave, you tell me what you said about this before this bit where he's got the gun and Rogers there. He's got Rogers' gun on him. He's put the bullet in and he's going to blow his head off in front of Rogers. You, you go, I'm not yeah. going to steal this from you. So what did you say? I mean, I I vaguely remembered this bit, but I guess the the thing that struck me as odd. So, you know, Roger, he, he gives him the gun. He thinks he's just faking it. So he's like, you know, go ahead, blow your head off if you want to. And, you know, Riggs goes to, to actually pull the trigger and he puts his his hand in between, you know, the firing pin and, the, uh, you know, wherever it smacks against. I'm not, I'm not a gun aficionado, so I don't know the technical yeah. terms. But even, uh, Chris, you must at some point have done that as a kid. 
And let me tell you, it fucking really, really hurts. Yes, <laughs> so it does. When Roger's just like, ow. I'm like, oh, fuck off. You will be absolutely screaming in agony. <laughs> just not this little, ow. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that just struck me as, as just a bit crap, really. Yeah, I, I do agree. And, and we get this bit of dialogue that absolutely... We, I say, I still set the piss out of this, Dave. He's, when this all happens and he stops him and he looks and goes, ah, and he goes, you really are crazy. And then, then Riggs, he's like got the psycho head and he's like, <laughs> proper like, no. and then all of a sudden he just calms down dead cool and he's campy his voice ever. And he goes, I'm hungry. And then does this weird, like, um, he does this weird power and then sort of storms off out of the thing. But that's when obviously Roger then rings up the psychiatrist again and she says, uh, you know, he's a real live wire. He's on the edge and he's sort of like, shit, you know, what What the hell have I got myself in for? I mean, I love it, Dave. I love Martin Riggs. I love that edge about him. I love the fact that he just does not give a shit and he has so much bravery and, and there's just no thought process other than the fact that he'll just go after people. He's not bothered if he gets hurt or anything. And I, I just like that dynamic with Danny Glover because Danny Glover's like this 50-year-old copper looking at sort of the back end of retiring. And he's ended up with this absolute firebrand. Now, Mel Gibson's supposed to be late 20s, I think, Dave, realistically, or early 30s, but he looks well in his 40s in this one. Yeah, I, I was thinking that because there's a few times when uh, Roger calls him like kid, and I'm like, you're not really that much different, you know? No. <laughs> and especially, I, you know, I remember watching Predator 2, and it was very strange to be watching Danny Glover running around like he's some sort of surrogate police arnie when I'd sort of grown up with him being, you know, Roger Murtar and going, I'm too old for this shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he wasn't in bad shape by any stretch. But, uh, yeah, I just didn't see the age difference being really that much between them. No, not at all, not at all. And, and one of the best characters in this film for me, Dave, is Mr. Joshua played by Gary Busey. Absolutely love Mr. Joshua in this. He's an absolute horror. And, and you get the scene where the, the Colombian or Mexican cartel guy goes into this nightclub. Now, this, I must admit, this has always been a stretch for me, this scene, because I love this scene where he goes in and he's giving him a load of shit and we get introduced to Peter McAllister, who's the head of Shadow Company, and he runs this... Uh, you know, this sort of um, whole cartel of drugs and stuff with a lot of ex-mercenaries. And this guy just comes in and he's like, you guys are fucking mercenaries. You, you know, you're out there. Mr. Joshua, you know, he, he says like, basically, uh, do you smoke? And the guy's like, what? He goes, and he, the guy's been dead cocking. And then he goes, do you smoke? And he shits himself. He's like, yep, 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 Mr. Joshua. But you can clearly see that the lighter that's been put on Mr. Joshua's forearm, he's nowhere near his forearm, Dave, but the camera's trying to depict that it is and that he's burnt Joshua's forearm. I mean, what did you think of that scene, Dave? I always get confused with Gary Busey and Nick Nolte. It's like, it's like Busey is Nick Nolte with massive teeth. You know, so I when I saw him, I was like, oh, wait, is that Nick Nolte? No, no, wait, it's Gary Busey, isn't it? So, yeah, I honestly, I'd completely forgotten he was in this. Um, I remembered there being a, a mercenary type, but I didn't remember it was him. But there is something really off about this whole scene, you know, for these hardened criminals. I mean, they don't half seem to have standards, don't they? It's like, oh, I'll never work with mercenaries. Like, surely that's part of your bread and butter sort of thing. I, I, it just struck me as off, and you know, again, this hardened criminal that's that's uh, so at 
absolutely disgusted at the idea of of taking a little lighter to someone's arm. It 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 was just off this whole scene for me. Yeah, it's one of the ones it sets up the bad guys as being the elite, aren't they? They're not just like drug runners or. Uh, street folks, they're supposed to be being depicted as the absolute elite, Dave. I mean, I buy into it. I buy into it. I think the baddies in this are really good. I think McAllister and Joshua, especially Joshua, is just menacing, isn't he? He's got that weird look about him, like you mentioned. He, he He's just a strange-looking guy. Now, I know with this film, after Lethal Weapon with Gary Busey, uh, he actually had a severe bike accident. He gets a lot of attention. He had his own reality show and everyone was saying like, oh, you know, he's, he's out there and all that. Now, he wasn't for this. He played Buddy Holly and won Academy Awards and stuff. And he'd been off. He'd not really been in a lot of things before Lethal Weapon, but he dropped about 50 odd pounds to get in proper shape for Mr. Joshua because he's in good shape in this. He really does look good. But the year after this come out, yeah, he had an accident where he didn't have a helmet on Dave. And from there, he suffered permanent brain damage. He's very, very lucky to be alive. Right, um, right. So, so I, I know a lot of people have said about his character in this, like, oh, it's because he's off. You know, he was a bit of a nut job and all that. He wasn't at that point. He didn't have brain damage. He was just, he was acting, and he's a bit, he's pretty good in this. I think, to be honest, I, I buy into him being a horrible bastard. <laughs> I, I must admit, my eyes were drawn in that scene more to Mitchell Ryan, who's who's playing the general. Because I was like, ah, oh, that's the that's the boss out of Liar Liar, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, obviously yeah, it is. Plays yeah, yeah. a very, very different role there. But I, I just, as soon as I had that in my head, I couldn't really get past that. So it, every time he came on screen, I'm like, ah, oh, it's the boss from Liar Liar. <laughs> 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 but yeah, if if I get over the fact that you know the the reaction to Busey and uh, or, or Joshua rather was a bit overboard it, it does set up the baddies you know and they're no pushovers are they so yeah it, it sets them up okay yeah it does and, and i think as the, the film's motoring along they realize that amanda is involved in something it's like they meet her dad and it's all to do with like pornography sex trafficking she's obviously a prostitute she's you know he's trying to get he was trying to get roger before she got killed one he'd contacted roger on his birthday or just before and um, trying to stop her and, and all did, tied did in didn't think it oh roger was pouring over that video a little bit too much you know what dave <laughs> i'll be honest with you as somebody who's obviously married with your partners and all that if sam walked down and i'm watching that she'd be like do you, do you want me to give you five minutes or i'll probably get a clip around the ear or something he was he was he was quite just sat there like it was nothing i thought if trish walks in now he's missing she's gonna fucking batter him it's, it's the fact that they they put on the music the bit of saxophone and that when the when the video is playing it's like hang about is he going to break out the tissues and hand lotion here or what you know so it, it did strike me a bit odd and and I, I'm not sure if I missed it was it the dad who sent that through yeah it was the dad yeah Michael Huntsacker yeah dad I mean that is that's a bit fucking weird isn't it Chris <laughs> your, your murdered daughter you're sending your mate who owes you one from from the war you're sending him a video, a porn video of your own daughter who's been murdered. No one finds this weird. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> it probably depends which part of the world you live, Dave. But um, yeah, it probably <laughs> is weird. I mean, I think I think what he was saying is he was being blackmailed, wasn't he? 
and that was the whole point. He was he was doing the money laundering for this cartel, but they got his daughter and they were blackmailing him. So it's so I think this was the sort of thing I don't that was think being that came out until later though, did it? No, no, but it, not at the time Roger's watching it. But I understand why. I'm proper defending it now, Dave. You know that, but I, I, but I, I think that's why that was sent to him to, to show that there was more to what was going on as evidence against him. Because obviously, Huntsacker wants them all dead now. Don't his daughter's dead? Yeah, uh, he's got yeah. nowhere to go. They've got no leverage on him. So it's it's like well, he's got nothing to lose, did he? And and obviously, well, he, he said he had another daughter, didn't he? Oh God, yes, yes, he Just did. Before yes, they sorry. shot him. Come yeah. on, Chris, get with the program. Sorry, I should know this. <laughs> but well, it's funny actually, because the musical score for this is brilliant, and the, the guitar all the way through the Lethal Weapons is Eric Clapton all the way yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is it is pretty good to be fair. The music, even though I do think it, you know, when he when Rogers watching that video, it gets a bit too moody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is really really great music all all the way through. Yeah, it is, to be honest. It certainly is. Now, as the movie goes on, they go to her sort of pimp's house, don't they? Amanda's pimp's house. And it's all Roger saying to Riggs, like, no, no killing anybody, no nothing. No, no. And the next minute, they see two really attractive girls who are obviously doing a bit of cutting of the drugs and the money laundering. And then this little guy, <laughs> what are you laughing at now? Go on, you fucking said it to pieces here. So, so they see these two girls, and then Roger just like, maneuvers his sort of jacket to the side so so they can see his gun and it's like again it's like what what the fuck is that what are you doing there <laughs> hey look at this look at this <laughs> no he's got his name no I'm not having this name I'm not having this he's got his police badge next to the gun that's what he's showing the badges on the on his oh, belt buckle. Yeah, I'm Dave, don't go even go there. This, so don't hey, even look, go well, there. Show your bloody police badge, though. You know, don't show your gun. Actually, I, I didn't pull you up. So even when we were getting introduced to Roger, you know, on his birthday and everything, and his wife spills the eggs on the kitchen floor, again, he's just wandering around the kitchen with his gun in his holster there. <laughs> and it's like, is, is that normal? <laughs> he might have had the safety on Dave. He might have had the safety on Dave. You know what I mean? <laughs> to me, it doesn't seem appropriate in the kitchen. He mentions that Trish isn't a good cook, Dave, so he could be. <laughs> I'm going to be defending this till the very last second we start this, Dave. So <laughs> maybe he's right on the edge. He's like, right, that's it. One more. Fucking fucked up meal. <laughs> <laughs> the Megs aren't running. You are getting it, love. Yeah. But sorry, before I started crying at that little uh, show of the gun, you were saying that they're at they're at the pimp's house and uh, yeah. Like... And again, he, he's supposed to be don't kill anyone. We're going to question him, and the pimp then just decides to just start taking pot shots, Donny, and he's going to kill Roger and Riggs straight away from the hip. Dave, bang, bang. Puts him straight in. He shoots him in the leg. Roger shoots him in the leg. He's telling him, this is how you do it. In the leg. You don't kill him. You don't kill him. Next minute, the guy pulls a gun from under his top. And Riggs ends up having to do the old hit fire. And he ends up underneath the pool cover. And it's wrapped round him. Now, that that scene, I always remember thinking at the time when I was a kid, that it was really graphic, Dave. Because, you know, he's suffocating any of the guy. And obviously, he's already been... He's pretty much dead anyway, to be honest. Well, he took about five to the chest, so I mean, he's he's going to take him a while to run that one off, I think. 
yeah, I mean, he pulls the most ridiculous face, though, when he's supposed to be, like, drowning, and he looks like fucking Mr. Tumble or something. It's just... Oh, it looked ridiculous, Chris. Come on, you got to agree with me on that one. <laughs> Moving on, Dave. Anyway... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, is, is that where we get the line, though? Is that where... It's... Is that what he says? Oh, you really are a lethal weapon. I'm sure it might be around this scene. It's around this scene, yeah. He's only mentioned once in the film, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he 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 does say, though, doesn't he? No, no. I know which one it is. I know which bit it is, Dave. We're coming up to it now. Oh, right. It is around this scene. Yeah, but so they they come out and that's it. That's the other thing he says, isn't it? It's like, have you ever met anyone who you haven't killed? Yes. Well, I haven't killed you yet. Yeah, I, I did think that was a good line. That that was a good one. Because he was soaking wet, and then when they, when he gets out of the pool, they always love Riggs' socks because it looks like he's got women's socks on. He's got like these white socks with the blue <laughs> toe things on. They always baffled me that when he gets 80s. out. Yeah, well, he's been a bit snazzy, wasn't he? But but this is where this is where this line comes from. Is Roger then takes him back to the house to meet the kids because he saved Roger's life, and they come home. And obviously he invites him in for dinner, doesn't he, with the kids. And Rianne, his daughter, looks like she's got a bit of a crush on Martin. And um, they're having a the whole meal and they're that, talking. That gets away. way too uncomfortable, that, by the way. Yeah, it does. Yeah, no, it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> she's saying they're the youngest one, isn't she, Rianne? You know, she loves Martin. And he starts rapping, doesn't he, Nick, the son? Which is not good. It's not the best day because Roger starts oh, getting Danny involved. Glover pops out a bit of beatboxing. Well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My name is Roger. It's like, no, please stop, please stop. No, this is the bit you were going on about is when he's going and he's like, Riggs, you try and get through today, uh, tomorrow without killing anybody. Then, you know, we, we could be on a talking. And then he just looks up, doesn't he, and says to him, he goes, I'm good, you know. I love this line, Dave, I've got to say. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, it's good. He said, maybe, yeah, five, six men in the whole world could take that shot. What do you mean? He, goes, he goes, I shot a man at 1,000 yard in Laos in high wind. And he just looks at him. And that's when he says, doesn't he, he goes, he are you really... Oh, no, no. In fact, I'm wrong, Dave. It isn't this bit. No, it's not. <laughs> it's later on. It's I know when he says it. Brilliant recounting. <laughs> yeah, but that bit, I do like I do like it. I do like do that bit. Do you want to deliver it again? <laughs> no, no, no. I fucked <laughs> it up. What? He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is your favourite movie ever, and you're fucking it up left, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's when he... No, because he throws the beer at him, doesn't he? He says, so, so, you really do like Trish's cooking? And he goes no yeah, <laughs> and drives yeah. off and you, you get the Eric Clapton bit again uh, leading up to it all but no I think it's I mean we're about halfway through three quarters way through I, Dave you're not going to sway me on this film I absolutely love it absolutely love this film I, I do feel like they went from you know Roger is shit scared of Riggs and you know he thinks he's gone from thinking he's blagging it. He wants a psycho pension. To nope, he really is a psycho, and I'm I'm close to retirement, and I don't want to get killed. You know, from being partnered up with this guy. They went from that to kind of being the buddy cop uh, partnership really quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, I mean, you know, I mean, again, it's only because I've not seen it for years. I was like, oh, that that happened really quickly. You know, just to go from one extreme to the other, I, I did find it a bit odd. But I will say, you know, it was it was a good kind of bonding moment as well. And I, I am taking the piss 
mercilessly on purpose, but <laughs> it, 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 I am still enjoying it. I am enjoying it as I'm watching it. Through. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less, Dave, to be honest. But 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 this again, this this next bit is a classic. And I'll be honest, Dave, it's the shooting range scene which I absolutely love because I went old in August, Dave, and in May this year. And both times when I'm on that shooting range with the old uh, pellet guns, Dave, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm trying in my hardest to make that little pellet gun <laughs> thing create a smile because I always think of Martin Riggs when I'm on that dry, that shooting range, Dave, because yeah. it just, I love this bit. I love it because Roger's there like doing his, the neck crank and that one shot, bang, straight there and he, he shoots the guy. Uh, like the, the, on the shooting range but then Riggs steps up doesn't he and just fucking does the old dating game song did, did, did. it's the American theme and then he does the smiley face I fucking love that Dave it, it is it. good I mean when he's he just keeps sending it further and further back again I, I think Mel Gibson's delivery here it, it is a probably his most iconic role for me I mean he, yeah. he'd done Mad Max before uh, I used to love those movies as well but I, I think Riggs is his best one and and just in little moments like that where he's kind of like you know he is this psycho killer pretty much but he's having a bit of fun with it as well and again I just I just wish it it didn't look like it had been done with a hole punch <laughs> I mean the whole smiley face it was just too perfect wasn't it it didn't those holes you could see hadn't been made by bullets so that that's the only thing I'll I'll They've criticise it a bit for there. <laughs> for 30 years, I believe they are bullet holes, dude. <laughs> Got it in one take. This is the only podcast, in it, in all the ones we've ever done, where I'm not allowing you to take the mick out of my films. I take the mick out of everything. It's usually me being it, giving it. It is, it. though, isn't it? It's, it's, all, each and every hole is just too perfect. It's been, it's been done by a hole punch. Dave, he's an absolute assassin. <laughs> you can't give me this. He shot a guy at a thousand yards in high Not winds, real, Dave. Chris. It's a <laughs> <laughs> Shh. Anyway, but while they're, while they're doing this gun scene, they talk about like Amanda and this Dixie, don't they? And, and basically, what I found, you know, what I found a bit weird actually in this scene, Dave. Now watching it, it's the first time I ever noticed it, and I'm thinking. God, you can tell it's, it was done in the 80s. It's when they're talking about Dixie and Amanda and they go, you know, maybe she spent the night with uh, Dixie and they've been, you know, they've been in bed together and Mel Gibson puts his gun up and goes, disgusting, but maybe that's right. And I'm like, wow. You know, <laughs> somewhere pretty bad here, but... It, <laughs> I'm always up for a lesbian scene, Dave. You know what I mean? I was thinking, it was just the way he says it. He was like proper disgusting. I'm thinking, wow, you couldn't get away with saying that now. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that I at didn't, all. I didn't notice that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, when he's setting his first gun up, before he does a smiley face and he just starts firing. And that, because Roger says to him, Dunning, what have you done? Add that under your pillar. But just as he's saying it, they're talking and running through the, the Amanda's thing and how she fell over the side. And was, and then say about Dixie being there, she, he goes, She had tails it downstairs. He goes, Officer, officer, I saw the whole thing. And then and he says, He goes, Maybe she shared the room with, maybe she said the night with Dixie. Disgusting. But, and I'm thinking, Wow. You know, that was proper, stood out for me. It's a really bad yeah. bit of dialogue. No, no, I, I, I completely missed that, to be honest. But yeah, yeah, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't say that now, would you? No, no, not at all, not at all. Uh, but yeah, and, and from this is when you get the bomb scene where they go to Dixie's a, a sort of house, don't they, and it blows up. 
I, one thing I can never get with his Sino Davies, when when the house blows up, because he always remember it because the plane comes right across as if it's dropped the bomb down the chimney. It hasn't, but it just looks like that. The house <laughs> blows up. But Riggs, and uh, it looks like his coat's not on fire, but Roger starts like patting his coat and ripping his coat off his back like it's on fire. I'm thinking if they forgot to put the effects in there or something. It's always <laughs> bugged me that. Because there's no fire CGI on it. hasn't been invented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, he grabs his coat, rips it off his back and starts putting... I mean, that's to set up the fact that the kid sees his tattoo. The, 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 you know, yeah, the, the, yeah. That's the yeah. whole point of that bit, but there's no what fire on it. What a coincidence that was. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He sets <laughs> it all do, done with them kids. I do like the the scene with the kids, though, where, where Roger's trying to get the, the information out. It's like, don't tell him your name. And then one of the kids says his name. <laughs> Alfred, yeah. Don't tell him your name, Alfred. That was it, yeah, yeah. Don't tell him yeah, your name, yeah. Alfred. It's the old Pike, <laughs> in it, out of Dad's army. Don't exactly. tell him your name, Pike. <laughs> <laughs> because, that was Fing- exactly what I was thinking as well. <laughs> because Fingy's good in this, Mel Gibson, because Mel Gibson's going, oh, yeah, let's get kids to draw it. He goes, let's put an APB out on Big Bird. You know, <laughs> kids drawing it. And he goes, it's paint. And he goes, it's that. And that's when Riggs is like, you know, that this is... Uh, a special forces tattoo and all this stuff and he'd already said hadn't he he was looking at the they'd already somehow very quickly found the detonation device and then it had mercury switches I, I did remember that bit so he knew yeah. that this was you know someone not to be trifled with yeah because he said there's not many people in the world that be able to do this done he it's clever how he did it, though, Riggs. He, I mean, Dave, come on. He's the elite. You've got to give him a bit of slack here. You know what I mean? Riggs is just taking <laughs> names here. He's his next-level copper. Well, to be fair, when Arnie in Commando uh, said to one of his bodyguards, you know, that he smelt them coming from downwind, you know, I guess anything's possible in these <laughs> 80s action movies, isn't it? <laughs> this is a, you know, it's so stupid, though, What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to smell him? I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what, though? These levels, isn't there? To, to, we know Commando was out by 85, but these levels, I think this is far more grittier than Commando. I think it's on the same level, but it's a different type as maybe Rambo was. You know what? It's just that it's got a grit about the film, whereas Commando's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's just a pun fest all the way through. And I like Commando, obviously we reviewed it, but I think for me, this probably why this was an 18 at the time. I don't think it'd be an 18 now, Dave, but at the time I can see why they went down this route. I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think it's on a par with, say, Commando, and I, I think Commando was an 18 as well. As yeah, it was, yeah. So, no, it was, yeah. In terms of violence, I think Lethal Weapon is is on par with that, but I think it, you know, it's just a bit different, isn't it? You've got a lot of the drugs prostitution themes in it as well so i think for a few different reasons it, it was an 18 in the uk yeah yeah i mean the next scenes when Riggs gets taken out don't he, he gets the shotgun joshua comes it, it, that scene this scene is a little bit thin because you, you sort of like how why is he on the streets i know she was a prostitute but he's just picking on random call girls on a street corner and you hear this car coming from a mile off but Riggs doesn't and then He's sort of chatting up the girl, isn't he? I've got to say, he's probably one of the most stunning street prostitutes I've ever seen, Dave. You know what I mean? Like, and, and Have you seen a lot? In films, Dave. In films. Now, now, David. Now, now. I'm talking about in films. If you look at Dixie okay, okay. earlier on, Dave, you know, and obviously Amanda's quite an attractive girl who throws herself off the building. 
Yeah, he gets the shot, the shotgun thing. But Mr. Joshua, you know, he, he's blonde. There's not many blonde guys in this film. He's out of the side of the window, isn't he? And he hits this shotgun at him from about 40 yards, Dave. There's no shotgun in the world's going to be doing that. I'm sorry. Not so, a chance. So these guys were in the same elite force, were they? Yes, the, they were, yeah. The, uh, and what was the line you said before? That um, How many thousand yards? A thousand yards in Laos or high wind. In Laos in high wind. And Joshua can't make a headshot from about 20 yards away. <laughs> <laughs> in no wind at all. <laughs> it was raining, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, it just manages, manages to catch him perfectly in the chest. Just enough to knock him out so you get a bit of a fake out, don't you? It's like, oh, no, he's dead. Oh, no, he's not. He's just knocked out. How did he get knocked out? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, we are definitely falling out after this day, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, you know, it's a good point because it's all stuff that I thought about when you watch it. You're thinking that's a bit of a stretch, but it does give them the slight advantage of the baddies think that Riggs is dead and Joshua brings up the, the, the actual police force, doesn't he? He says he's like local TV news and he's like, you know, uh, Sergeant Martin Riggs was shot and killed. But this is where you get this thing where Rogers with him wakes is him this, up. Sorry, is this after... What is it, Hunter Sacker? Um, oh, Hunter Sacker's been, he's Hunter killed Sacker, by this He point. got killed, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he got old, killed. The effect of holding the milk, or, yeah. or was it eggnog or something? Yeah, I right think he was it. just holding it literally for that effect. <laughs> you know, yeah, so he was. You can show he'd been shot. Yeah, I was, I was just trying to remember back which order it was. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah, he because the thing that gets rigs is, it's Joshua again who shoots Hunter Sacker, and he says to him, doesn't he, to Mr., uh, to... McAllister, his boss, he says, oh, I'm sorry, sir, I've, I've, you know, we've got another problem. He was talking to the police sort of thing. So Riggs has seen him, and then when he shoots him, it's the same guy, because he wakes up, he goes up, and he goes, yeah, it's that same uh, albino Jack Rapid son of a bitch <laughs> who shot Huntsacker. <laughs> and then, then that's when he's saying, like, we've got the advantage and everything. And, and Roger just flippantly says... Uh, they said they've, someone's been picked up, haven't they? What, and he says, oh, he's probably a uh, thingy with pits in his face. And, it, and the woman goes, how do you know that, Sarge? And he realises it was the boyfriend who was taking his daughter out to the yeah, prom, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then they, I think this is quite good, this bit. The only thing that's a bit weird is they burst through Roger's house, Riggs and Murtaugh, because they don't know what they're going to walk into. But Trish and the kids are upstairs, but she comes down going, what is it? But it's like, well, why are you hiding upstairs? I could, I could never work out. I, I, I thought that was a bit weird, but then I thought, hang about, is it the middle of the night? Yeah, that yeah, you could be right. You could be right, but it it is a strange one, and this is where he says the line that you were saying. So obviously, Trish is there with the kid. The kids go upstairs. She gets rid of him, and then the phone goes, and he says, "Stand by, we'll ring in a minute." And then they come on to him, and, and they think obviously Riggs is dead, and he says, "We've got your daughter. We, we don't want thinking. We just want to know what Huntsacker told you." And that's when he looks at Roger. Roger looks at him and says, are "You are you really crazy? Or are you a lethal weapon?" You know, right, that's what he right. says it to. It's that scene yeah. because that's when it sets up the whole desert bit. And again, Dave, let's be honest here. You know, I love this film. This desert scene's ridiculous because <laughs> why would you meet in the middle of the fucking desert on your own? You're never going to come out of that, are you? Your daughter's there. You're not going to survive. Yeah. Um, 
well, he, he thinks he's got a plan, doesn't he? Because he's got yeah. uh, rigs a few miles away, presumably, uh, with his sniper rifle set up. But again, it's it's weird, just the whole colour scheme and everything, being shot in the desert. It just reminded me of Seven. Yes, yeah, that's a good point. Unless they took inspiration from Lethal Weapon, Dave. Yeah, well, I mean, Seven obviously came out years later, didn't it? So it, yeah, yeah. It probably, it, or they may have done. But yeah, I just found myself, when I was watching them sort of make that drive up, it was like, ah, Seven, what's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Roger fared a little bit better, at least. Yeah, he did. I mean, I do like this scene because... Joshua's there and they're talking, aren't they? And, and saying to him, like, you know, uh, he said, Oh, you won't see my daughter. And then he throws what they think is a grenade. He gets shot in the arm. They throw a grenade. And then straight away, he's there, Joshua going, Damn it, it's a smoker. And they're looking. And then Riggs just starts shooting people, as he'd mentioned earlier, that he's an absolute classic with a sniper rifle, and starts killing people. And they obviously, Roger then gets Rian in the limo drives off but as they think they're getting away and he's just about to kill Joshua McAllister comes behind him now how the hell he knew where Riggs was I do not know and how the hell Riggs didn't hear him behind him I still don't know that but (laughs) he captures him for the film and it's all that when straight away Riggs is walking off his hands above his head saying you're General Peter McAllister Shadow Company you know and all this so he knows who he is and he knows who Riggs is so all that sets up I think it sets it up brilliantly for the end to be honest Dave yeah I mean I I one of the bits that I do remember is is where they break out the old sponges. Yes. And they've got the uh the token eighties guy, I can't remember what his name is, but he's basically the uh not the eighties guy, the Asian guy who you get in Chinese you know, if if you need yep. an Asian guy in there, you get this particular guy in, whether it's um, big trouble in little China, whatever it is, get this little guy. I think he was in uh, was he in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure as well. Yep. I'm sure he was... He's uh, been in the A-team and everything. Same yeah, guy. Long long, yeah. long black hair with a, like a proper Fu Manchu moustache, and he? he's always... Because yeah. Mel Gibson Riggs does say quite a racist comment now, Dave, about him, doesn't he? Because they're about to electrocute him, and they've got Roger in one room with his daughter, who's now in a, a sort of negligee thing, so that's not looking good for her. And they're putting salt on Roger's gunshot wound to his arm, asking him what they both know, and Riggs is there tied up. But he says to him before they start electrocuting, Riggs to Joshua who's the <laughs> it's not good Dave I'm not going to say it but it's not a, yeah. a bit of a racist line really and he says Hendo right, right. you know what I'm, what I'm talking about It's it sounds like Hin if you put a C in front of it Dave but um... I'll have to spell it out I'm pretty <laughs> sure I can imagine I, I have got ears and you know yeah, lived, yeah. lived over 40 years on this planet so. that's true that's true but yeah so anyway forget, forget that tremendous analogy there but but, but genuinely this bit, I love. I absolutely love this bit because obviously he starts electrocuting rigs, doesn't he? And he's like, yep. tell me what you know. Tell me. And they do it to Roger. And, and Roger's like, you know, go spit. And he's dribbling and all that stuff. And then Joshua walks out and you think Riggs is dead. And then Riggs just fucking wraps his legs around uh, Hendo's neck, absolutely strangles him, kills him. And again, you get the, like you were saying earlier about the saxophone music and stuff like that. Yeah. Riggs just bursts through the door, starts killing everybody. Joshua gets off, so does McAllister. And this is the line where he goes, I'm going to kill every last motherfucking one of you. And then he 
he says to Roger, Roger goes pretty thin and he goes uh, anorexic and then Riggs does the old classic Dev. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to quote this again. What did one <laughs> shepherd say to another shepherd? He goes, let's get the flock out of here. And yeah. it's just like, it's a bit of a bad line really, but, but there you go. And it's, it's interesting because you get the band who have been in it earlier on who were rehearsing when the Mexican guy come, they're playing and he's just had this proper gun, sh- gun shootout in the middle of the nightclub. Yeah, and and I do like... You know where you know there's plenty of gun action, isn't there? But no, no one bats an eyelid really that Martin Riggs is running down the street with his massive fucking gun in his hand. <laughs> 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 no one's like ah, but yeah, no, it was pretty good. But I mean, ultimately, this is just the uh, just the foreplay, isn't it, for the end scene? I would have thought. Yeah, there's a lot of chasing. You know, Mr. Joshua nicks an Audi and drops the line, do you mind if I test drive your Audi? Um, which is just random. Goes off and he ends up going to Roger's house. Two coppers are guarding, kills them. We then get this scene on the front lawn, don't we? He drives a car straight through Roger's house and he thinks they're in. And then obviously Riggs and Murtagh. Do you think they discussed that beforehand? Because I, I know he's in there, you know, and, and you want to kind of shoot him but do you really have to drive the car through the front room <laughs> not really dave no. <laughs> <laughs> i mean Is i know it... they've got expensive budget to spend but it just uh, it seemed a bit much for me yeah, it is sort of mentioned in the second one as well because Roger's having a lot of work done on his house in the second one. Oh, really? so it, yeah, it's something that's mentioned. <laughs> but also, I do have to say, just, and I'll hand it back to you. So after you've caught out old Joshua there, you've taken him completely by surprise by driving the car through, bullet to the back of the head. Yeah. Film's over. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it took, surely. He was but, he was out. He was completely <laughs> taken by surprise. But no, he lets him off. So we can but, have this epic no. fight scene at the end there. No, don't you dare. Don't you dare <laughs> give me this. So <laughs> I obviously you've you've done martial arts, Dave. You were good at karate and uh, was it taekwondo you did as bit, well? Bit so. of a stretch. It was kung yeah, fu, but yeah. Kung fu, no, but you did. You right. competed. You actually competed. <laughs> I never competed. I've done MMA, as basically from a purely a fan's point of view, I love doing it. I don't do it at the moment, but it's something I will get back to. And Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is something that I absolutely love, Dave. You know I'm a massive MMA fan. Everyone says USC. It's not just USC, Bellator, all your big... I love MMA. Now, MMA was created by the Gracie family. First UFC event was in about 1993, UFC won. And you had like a guy called Henzo Gracie uh, fought on it. You had... Um, not Henzo Gracie, sorry. Uh, Hoist Gracie, sorry. He fought on it. He was like... This very slim Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, he'd fight like 400-pound monsters, Dave. And they'd, they'd give him a good kick in until he got on the floor, and then he would just do jiu-jitsu and got him in like all sorts of holds, submitting him, putting him to sleep. Now, for this film, Gary Busey and Gibson were, were trained in capi, uh, capoeira, obviously, which is more of a dance-type martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, they were trained by uh, Bobby Bassey, the stunt coordinator, former U.S. Special Forces Marine came in, did in, uh, judo stuff on them as well. He was like a judo champion. But especially for this scene, they were trained by uh, Rory and Gracie, which is one of the founders of jiu-jitsu, of MMA, Dave. Now, the UFC was a, was a pipe dream in 1987. So to actually pick him out 
in 87 and go with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. This fight scene, I know, joking aside, and some of the, the, the choreography is not off, but it's a bit unbelievable. But what they did, Mel Gibson and Gary Busey, in this was unbelievable for films, Dave, because we watch films like... Black Panther was used a lot of jiu-jitsu, especially the scenes when he's fighting Michael B. Jordan when he loses his powers and it's to see who's like the main guy. A lot of modern films, like Captain Marvel, stuff like that, they bring, they've brought in jiu-jitsu and stuff in the films, the, the Avengers. This was one of the first films probably ever to actually have it in the fight as a main fight. Because obviously you've had Commando and stuff, but it's just wantonly, just pure beauty. Um, be- pure brute strength all the time in mm-hmm. these films. Like, you get Van Damme just doing roundhouse kicks after roundhouse kicks. You know full well, someone who's done Kung Fu and that, in a proper fight, you need all sorts of tools, Day, That's why MMA fighter will always beat up a boxer if they can get hold of him, or they'll beat up a judo expert, or they'll beat up a... You know, because you have to be trained in so many different forms. And this, I thought, was brilliant. And it's only as I got older, I realised what they were actually doing on this when he was doing all these choke holds and holds and flips and stuff. Yeah, no, it, it is a great fight scene. Um, the only problem I have with it is really why everyone stood with front seat tickets. <laughs> I, I, I mean, always, yeah, it yeah. just shot, shot up so many people and killed loads of people indiscriminately. And then it's like, all right, we'll, we'll just watch this then, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> it was great, but I, I, it, just the fact that you've got all the police there and everything... I, that seems a bit weird. I think it's there's a few things I always I get out of this. Is it depicts that Riggs is it basically solidifies Riggs as the absolute hardest cop anybody's ever seen. I think I think that's probably the story, the narrative of the story. He's not someone to be messed with. But then obviously Rogers has had all these problems with he kidnaps his daughter, they've terrorised his family because they've got in too deep. And I think it's more of a respect thing, thinking, well, at some point they can just shoot him and that's what it's about. It's a bit of the old good old-fashioned American justice, Dave, and I bloody well and like I think, it. I think <laughs> if it was just Roger there, completely get it. And in my memory, it was just Roger there. But it wasn't. There was loads of police there as well. It's helicopters and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Weighing in at 202 pounds. <laughs> You're always going to pull that one out you there. Got, you that. got Mickey on the sideline there going, come on, Rock. Yeah, you can do it, Rock. Sorry, you can probably. do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the fact that you've got them all there and like no one's just like, right, fuck this, I'm gonna drop this bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, Dave. But I think it's a good fight scene. I love the the backwards and forwards of him. There's a few bits of Mel Gibson when he's throwing whacking the pole at him and he's got the little nightstick and he's like, Come on, come on, come on, show us what you got. And he's like he's turned into an Irish leprechaun. He's like proper his accents all over the place, Mel Gibson. But <laughs> Brilliant end to the seat, the fight. He does actually win the fight, and as he's going off, they end up shooting him, don't they? Because he takes the guns off two of the coppers, Joshua, Both doesn't together. he? Yeah, hey, how cool Dave. is that? Exactly, Dave. That is so eighties, <laughs> isn't it? But Riggs, Riggs is, um, you know, he's absolutely exhausted, and, and then it just plays out after this, where basically he redeems himself, doesn't he? The bullet goes. He, he gives it to Roger, doesn't he? The bullet. He he goes see his do- his wife. Sorry. He's covered in bruises and he's talking to her. And then he ends up going in. Happy ending, Dave, to spend Christmas with the Murtaz. And all you can hear is the dog comes in. I think Sam's his dog. His dog comes in and then Bert bagged the cat. And you just hear the cat and the dog barking and squealing, don't you, as it goes off. And Roger's like, I'm too old for this shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced on uh, on uh, Riggs's uh, intentions towards Roger's daughter as well. I mean, he, he was kind of. He sort of said, I think your daughter likes me, but it was kind of a half jest, half putting the feelers out there. <laughs> 16, Dave, come on. <laughs> it's the fucking 80s, isn't it? That's what we keep seeing when we oh, go yeah, back yeah. to these movies. Yeah. Hugely inappropriate moments. Yeah. <laughs> well, if anyone's seen the Joker, they'll know exactly what you're talking about, Dave. <laughs> I think that was subtly done, actually, the way they did that. I mean, we both picked up on it, but... Um, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, uh, <laughs> should we go into our review, Dave? Yeah, let's go. Dave, I want you to go first, please, because it's... Well, in fact, no, I'll tell you what, I'll go first, because we know where this is going with me. It's one of my favourite films ever. I love it. I love Martin Riggs. I love his character. I love the whole dynamics of him and Roger. In the second one, Dave, with the South Africans, there's a bit at the end where Riggs, you think he's dead. i be honest with you, Dave, I teared up the first time I saw it. Always gives me a lump in my throat because the, the buddy cops thing and all that. I absolutely love it. Love this film. Joshua, the whole dynamics of it, the musical score is fantastic. Eric Clapton, everything about it is just a bit of me, Dave. And I know money-wise as well, it made like $150 million off a $15 million uh, budget. So it was just a complete success. I think the first three films are dead strong. Fourth one's a bit okay with the triads, but still worth a watch because it's got them two in it who are brilliant. But yeah. He's got a Cloud City, Dave, and I'll be honest with you, I actually think this is my favourite Cloud City movie we've reviewed for the VHS Strikes Back. So uh, what about yourself, Dave? Very good. Well, I've got to tell you, Chris, I, I, I really enjoyed this when I watched it as a kid. And I was nervous to come back and, and watch it again because I thought I would pick holes in it. And, uh, you know, I've come back and honestly... I've mercilessly taken the piss out of it intentionally, but I loved it. It was brilliant. I've just been winding you up all the way as as we go along. And there, there are it's it's obviously it's not a perfect movie. There are things that do date it a little bit, and uh, just some things that are stretch believability. But at the end of the day, this is a mid kind of eighties action movie. And in terms of buddy cop movies, I think you know it'd be interesting to go back and watch something like Forty Eight Hours because I remember really loving that one as well. But this one really did stand up well. I think uh, you know it, it's no surprised to go back and see that this was the birth of that franchise and and again not only for for those movies uh within the lethal weapon franchise i know we've had the series i haven't watched that at all in recent years but you can see its influence in other uh similar cop movies as well so i do have to say it's cloud city for me as well this, this is well <laughs> worth going back and, and well worth having a watch I, stand I, just thought, I just thought I'd wind you up and <laughs> you did to unleash the rage. <laughs> I've no, been so it defensive. It's a brilliant movie. 
<laughs> you got me there, Dave. Reeling you in for the last hour. It's been thoroughly enjoyable for me and hopefully for the listeners as well. Yeah. I'm sure there's a there's sure there's a Ghostbuster and Indiana Jones fan out there called Scott who absolutely loved most of these podcasts because I've been so defensive on this. But no, brilliant, Dave. So yeah, you got me there, mate. And I've loved reviewing this. Absolutely loved it. Now, if you do like the show, guys, please get onto our Twitter account, give us a follow at the VHS Strikes Back. If you want to drop us a review, get onto your podcast catching app and get on there and it just helps us grow and gets us out there to more people. And if you do like what we do, we do review comic book-based media over on Comics in Motion. That, again, is available on all podcast catching apps. Now, Dave, I'm going to ask you to lead us out today. I think it's set up nicely for what you're going to lead us out with, but what have you got for us, my friend? Well, there's really only one line I can finish this off with, isn't there? And that's to say, let's make like a shepherd said to the sheep. And get the flock out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Did I fuck that up? I thought you were going to say I'm too old for this shit, but anyway. Oh, was... no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you all next time. <laughs> That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back. Because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's a lie. We came, we saw, we kicked his ass. Wax on. Wax off. One ring to go. All right. Ding, ding. Bust you up. Go for it. Well, here we go. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't nothing. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid Yeah, maybe you stupid. You're crazy. Ain't breathing heavy. He's a fool. He's stupid. I've seen you in six months. I must break you.